Welcome to Navigating Your Child's Education, a podcast for parents, grandparents, and anyone raising or influencing young people. I'm your host, Laura. On this episode, we're talking with Coach Jeff Hardings. Hardings was an All-American football player at Penn State. He was later a first-round draft pick for the National Football League's Detroit Lions. In his 11-year NFL career, he also played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, with whom he won a Super Bowl championship and was a two-time Pro Bowl selection. He currently serves as a head coach for Worthington Christian Schools football team in Central Ohio, and he and his wife, Rebecca, have eight children. Welcome, Coach Hardings. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a pleasure, and you definitely gave me uh, way too much credit there, and that seems like a long time ago, and it was. Well, given your experience and success at the highest levels in the realm of athletics, I would like to hear your thoughts on the notion of excellence. Excellence and our pursuit of it is a big topic. So I'd like to narrow our conversation today to the meaning of excellence, the measure of it, and maybe the motivation for the pursuit of excellence. You know, common definitions of excellence include being outstanding, extremely good, high quality, or even superior. Practically speaking, for parents and students, I think excellence a lot of times may be defined as taking the hardest classes in school, earning the highest grades, uh, performing at the top of a sport or creative outlet. But for you and your experience, how do you define excellence and the pursuit of it? Oh, okay. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think, first of all, excellence is definitely a value of just about every team, about every company. Um, they're trying to create a culture. And it seems like as I've studied the cultures of different teams and companies and leadership books, um, excellence always comes as one of those qualities that you want um, to build in your culture and the pursuit of that. And definitely as I've studied that and looked back on it, um, I realized that going all the way back to um, probably started at Penn State, um, Joe Paterno, great football coach that I played with, he didn't necessarily talk about it being the pursuit of excellence, but the way that he talked about it is every day you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And, you know, coaches say things and you don't really understand exactly. Maybe the first time they say it, you're like, yeah, what is exactly does that mean? But after they say it time and time again, you know, you start really um, committing yourself to every single day getting a little bit better. And then, like I said, when I started to study culture from a coaching perspective and understanding that the number one responsibility, maybe um, most important thing that I do is to create a culture. And then how do I go about creating a culture. And I came, came across some really great material from Tim Kite, who worked with the Ohio State Buckeyes, about creating a culture blueprint and, and, and having uh, beliefs. And your beliefs drive your behavior, and behavior drives your results. And so um, one of the beliefs that I realized that I believe in, if you will, is the pursuit of excellence and it being very important. And um, so... I kind of came up with a, an acronym. It's called ACE. And so the way that, that, that I define it is uh, starts with having an attitude uh, of wanting to get better every single day. Um, you know, that's something that's pretty common. Um, there's been some great material written on, you know, 1% better. You know, we can get into a lot of those things. And then, and then if you will, engaging your brain in the process of in concentrating and focusing on exactly, you know, what you're trying to get better at, pursuing that excellence. That could be academics, that could be 
athletics, that could be a job that you're in, and then giving 100% effort. I used to think effort was something that you learned um, maybe you're born with um, because I saw it so different in kids, but now I realize that, no, it's really something that's learned. Some kids learn it from their parents, and they do a great job of giving 100% effort. Some kids don't, um, and so it's our, if you will, job, uh, responsibility to teach them that. And excellence seems like such a subjective notion. How do you think excellence is measured? Okay, that's a great question. You know, um, and what you said, being subjective, I think is is very accurate. Um, you know, you really can't, if you think about, once again, going back to my acronym, because for me, everything goes back to that, because I, I feel like, you, you know, the attitude is the heart. So how are you going to measure the heart? You know, it's definitely not something that you can necessarily measure on a scale or in, or, or, or on a scoreboard even, um, because you can win games and not really even be into the game that much. And, and I've seen it with students that are going against a team that isn't very good. And you kind of know that you're going to win the game and they're real loosey goosey and they don't really have the right attitude for the game. Um, so subjectively, I would say to a team that we definitely didn't have the right attitude for that game. We weren't going out there and trying to work to get better, trying to work to, you know, here at a Christian school um, to give glory to God. Uh, with our with our effort um, and then concentration once again it's very subjective you know that's the mind I, I only you know your mindset like I think that's even harder to measure as to whether a student but you know occasionally you know in my profession you'll see students that are their eyes are wandering all the time and it's like man you're, you're just you're not even engaged you're I would say the number one way that coaches would describe this and maybe even um teachers and probably even a manager of people in any kind of business is that you're making a lot of mistakes and you're just going through the motions today. We're not really trying to get 400 units um, completed today, or, or we're not really trying to get this homework assignment done or, or in football, you know, we're just making a mistake literally like almost every play. And so we're definitely not getting better. And, you know, our focus really isn't there. Um, and then effort, effort is subjective from the standpoint of if you're measuring one individual and you don't know them very well, that might be 100 percent effort for them. And so it can be you've got to be really careful about judging somebody for not giving 100 percent effort. This is something that I've learned over the years of coaching is to accuse a, a, a team or especially a small group or an individual of not giving 100 percent effort and pursuing excellence. Um, it can be a tricky situation because that's all they're capable of giving. They'll literally tell me that I am giving a hundred percent effort. And so I've recently learned that is a hundred percent effort for them. And so what we actually have to do is to train them to understand that that is not a hundred percent effort of what you are capable of. You're giving like 70% effort. You're capable of a lot more. And, you know, we're not in the military, so we're not pushing kids to give the kind of effort that, you would have to in the military, but we are pushing kids to give more and more and more effort every single day to increase their understanding that, you know, maybe you can't, you didn't think there was any way that you could run 16 110s. That's a popular thing in football. Um, and the first time you don't. Um, but then the second time you do, part of that is getting conditioned 
but part of that is your mindset. So I, I guess hopefully that's a good description of how subjective it is. And I would never measure um, the pursuit of excellence or excellence in general on a scoreboard because sometimes you're just not capable of beating the team. You just don't have the talent. You don't have the coaching. You don't have the ability um, to beat a team that you're playing. And so it's impossible to measure excellence on a scoreboard or by giving a test. They're just not capable. I wasn't going to get a 36 on an ACT because I was not capable, but I was capable of maybe getting a better grade than I did. Um, So I think we have to be careful as parents, as teachers, as managers of people, um, uh, in my opinion, to be objective about this. Yeah, I think that's hard for a lot of people because we want to use objective measures to decide, well, yes, you were successful. Yes, you pursued excellence because you achieved this or you accomplished this. Once again, the thought that comes to my mind is analytics, especially in the sports world. Everything is based on analytics. How do, how do these um, – and, you know, there's a very popular movie, Moneyball, that I think there was a scene – I watched this recently. There was a scene where the old guard of scouts was describing how they, they viewed things. And I just know that he's going to be a good player. So that's subjective. And the new guard was saying, analytically, we don't believe that he's going to perform in the way in the next few years based on analytics. And so, but that's not a measure of excellence. So that's not what we're, that's a professional sport that you, that they are paid to perform um, and get a good batting average and get um, strikes and whatever you will in baseball or in football. Um, But then there's a subjective element to raising children and, and being, in my opinion, a transfer, transformational coach. And um, at every level, I think that's really important. And um, so how, how you do it is you got to do it through, you know, I do it through a lot of, of prayer or, if you will, reflection and just kind of thinking about it and, and learning. You know, I must have said it five times already is that I learned. I've had to learn over the course of coaching that this isn't an objective way. I can't measure excellence, the pursuit of excellence, objectively. So I don't describe excellence like, hey, let's go out there and do an excellent job. If we do, we'll win. No, that's not true. (laughs) Because you might just fumble the ball five times, and that that might not mean that your effort isn't great. Um, You know, we've seen every team at every level, the teams that we love, Ohio State, I love Penn State, Bengals, Browns, whoever, you know what I mean? You can be pursuing excellence and, you know, you're just not as talented as, as, as Joe Burrow. And so now, you know, um, all of a sudden you have Joe Burrow pursuing excellence or you have the previous quarterback pursuing excellence. That might be completely equal, but Joe Burrow's ability is, is better and his receivers are better. And so now the scoreboard is different. And so were you able to objectively, um, I guess, measure their pursuit of excellence? No, you couldn't. I think better for the parents is, and I've been in this situation with my children, is starting to understand um, being with them enough. Let's let's say that. like You have to be with your kids enough to be able to subjectively decide if they're giving 100% effort. You know, what are they doing in, in private time? They're saying they're studying four hours, but are they really studying four hours? Um, so I, I, my kids' bedroom doors aren't closed for very long without me walking in to make sure they're doing what they're doing. Um, and then what are the consequences for, you know, maybe for us, it's no video games during the week, during the school week to make sure they're doing those things. Um, so you, in order to be subjective, you have to be 
there. You have to be aware of what they're going through and doing. Right. Truly knowing your children, knowing what their capacity is, have a, d- a deep understanding of what it looks like for them on an individual basis to pursue excellence. It's a big deal. When I think about teens, um, you mentioned ability, and I think there's this balance between the pursuit of excellence and ability. They kind of play off each other, right? <laughs> so we've seen you know, a talented student who is really great in a particular area, but their pursuit of excellence doesn't match their ability. Therefore, they might not have the same level of success or growth that they could if their pursuit of excellence matched their ability. Have you seen that in your Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I would say performance. Their performance doesn't match. Have I seen it? I lived it. (laughs) I lived it myself in high school. I was very content with mediocrity. And, you know, that that's a that's a term that I use a lot. Are you content with mediocrity? I was very content with mediocrity. For me, that was a 3.1, 3.2 in high school. I went to college and I got a 3.6. Now, how is that possible? You know, that's a little bit more. But in my heart, I know that I was very content with a 3.1. That was going to get me to college. That would be fine. So I, I took the ACT one time, got a 26. I'm totally fine. You know, I'm going to get my football scholarship. Um, I've had my kids take ACTs two, three, four times because the more times that you take it, it just makes sense that you would get better, especially if you study and you have an ACT coach and you have an ACT. So are you, if you're not getting better, then to me, that kind of I wondered, were you giving 100 percent effort in your studying? Were you and I know they weren't, you know, not to sell them out. But, you know, I, I know they weren't necessarily giving 100 percent effort um, in their practice for that. Um, and so therefore their performance wasn't better. So that's a a great point that you bring up is that I believe that you, whatever skill it is that you're, that you're practicing, you're practicing it to master it, if you will. And you should be able to be get 1% better, whatever that skill is. If it's studying Hebrew and learning how to, if it's studying Spanish and you're really doing it diligently, you should eventually be able to speak, Spanish pretty well, even though that was a class that I definitely sought mediocrity um, and get out of that class as fast as possible. Um, so parents and, and coaches, if you're listening, I, I think we would all agree that if you're pursuing excellence in a skill um, and you're doing it the right way, then you should see improvement in, in whatever. Because at the end of the day, there is objective measurements. Not, maybe not necessarily in, in your effort and in your attitude and in your concentration, but in what is the result on my, in my culture blueprint, the result is competitive greatness, being at your best when your best is needed. Might not be needed against one opponent, but you're not practicing for that. It might not be needed for a quiz or a test, but it might be needed for that final exam. And so then you didn't perform as well in that final exam, and it's because you weren't pursuing excellence as the semester was going along. That makes sense. Yeah. Hey parents, I want to hit pause on this episode for just a minute. It's estimated that a student in the U.S. spends nearly 9,000 hours completing their elementary and lower secondary education. When we consider how many hours our kids spend at school, there's no denying the fact that a school has a profound influence on our children. One of the most important decisions we make as parents is where to send our children to school. If you'd like to get to know more about Worthington Christian School, download our free 24-page view book available in the show notes. Now, back to our conversation. 
And I think that motivation is such a big component in this conversation, especially for children and teens. You know, we think about motivation. We're often motivated by extrinsic things or things outside of us, rewards or tangible ways that we benefit from our pursuit of excellence. But um, I'm curious, what are some of the motivations for excellence you have experienced or, or seen in your in your work? Well, I, the number one motivation that I've seen, I've read about is parents, you know, um, kids, athletes, they want to please their parents and they just they do everything their parents ask of. And they just kind of grow up in that culture. And it's it's almost kind of like you learn to I've used this metaphor, if you will, a, a lot is like you don't remember actually studying English, do you? And speaking English, but you learned it. Well, you might not remember actually the day that you started thinking, I want to please my parents, but you learned it very young and you just kind of learned it naturally in sports because when you hit a home run or got a base hit, you went to get ice cream when you, that was a special day because you hit a home run. <laughs> I mean, we're all guilty of it. Are you though? Know, you, for some of us, it's scoring 10 points for some of us, it's scoring two points. Let's go celebrate because you know, we're so proud of you. And really deep down, we're happy because now they scored and they, you know, that, 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 um, but then what ended up happening in that child's life is that they equate that to pleasing their parents. And so now their pursuit of excellence is really the motivation of it is to have that moment again with their parents. Um, and then I would say coaches is second. Almost always it's like just wanting to please a coach. Man, I had a great coach in, in my life. He really motivated me to be the best. And it was probably in the way that he interacted with them a lot of times, not necessarily always positively. I'm not saying that. Uh, I hope that a lot of times it's positively like an encouraging um, type of coach. And um, so, you know, those are the two things. Um, and then the crowd, um, you know, I think the NFL experienced this a couple of years ago with COVID instead of having 75,000 or, you know, at Ohio State, 95,000 crazy fans in the stands, there was zero crazy fans. And I know one thing that went through my mind was, man, that would be strange playing because that, you know, going to Penn State, 100,000 fans and playing in the NFL, that was a lot of motivation to perform really well and give 100% effort. So now how are you going to perform? And so I'll test my, my team a lot of times by having competitions. You know, we obviously don't play football games in the offseason, but in the offseason we'll play other games. Uh, one of them is speedball. And we'll compete against each other. And I really challenge him. Is like, are you going as hard right now when you're down five to one or four to one as you will in a game if we're down 21 to nothing? Because if you're not, you probably won't in a game. Because ultimately, you don't want the motivation, I think, to be extrinsically. You ought to say that word. I can't say that word <laughs> as well as you can. You want it to come from inside. We live, I think, in a faith-based country. I think when the Buffalo Bills player, Mar Hamlin, went down, we we could recognize that to some extent. Every, a lot of people went to prayer, and the, most of the news media was talking about prayer. So why did we do that? Because I think intrinsically we know that there's a, a God that created us. And so I think that's where our motivation has to come from, is to please the one that created us, to give 100%, and no matter what we're doing in our life and that includes as a wife as a spouse as a, as a child um and as a sibling and as a citizen 
are we giving 100% to create a loving atmosphere and do our best? And then obviously on the field, if we can, and we can do that, then, you know, that, that never changes. That's, that's very constant. And, um, and when you give 100% effort or you pursue excellence, he's always pleased. That's the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. With coaches and teachers, if you don't get the right grade, parents, you don't get the right grade, or on the scoreboard, it's not the score that we were trying to get, um, then there's displeasure and unhappiness, and that's no fun. So I had to learn that myself in the NFL. You mentioned mediocrity, and in many ways, mediocrity is sort of the enemy of excellence. How do you see the temptation of mediocrity in your work? You mentioned it personally, but what does that look like in working with young people? Well, you know, not to like kind of repeat the same things, but what it looks like to me is a lack of effort. If a coach isn't spending a lot of time with their players in the offseason, I don't know that they've earned the right to subjectively measure a student athlete's heart, mind, and physical effort because they don't know that particular person as well as they should. So the benefit of being a coach in a school system being able to work with them year round, I think gives you a better opportunity to, to, to um, measure mediocrity, if you will, mm-hmm. and whether they're really pursuing excellence. My final question for you is no conversation about encouraging excellence in our children would be complete without discussing the idea of balance. Just as mediocrity is a temptation on one side, I think that perfection is a temptation in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So how can parents protect their relationship with their children while continuing to challenge them toward excellence? Well, that's a great question. I, I appreciate that question. I have some perfectionists in my in my um, family. And the reason why is because I'm I'm more genetically inclined or maybe raised in a family to pursue excellence because of wanting to please my dad, who I didn't have a real intimate relationship with because I grew up in the 70s and the 80s and, you know, life isn't like what it is today with with uh, just in general. You know, my 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 mom and dad, we were a poor family. We had he had to work a lot. So um, I really wanted to, to please my dad. So in that I became a perfectionist and then going into sports and pursuing uh, a scholarship and pursuing wanting to play in the NFL. You definitely pursued perfection and, you know. Um, you know, the whole idea of practice, perfect practice makes, you know, perfect perfection. Um, you know, I'm not saying that exactly the way coaches say that, but I think you know what I mean. So the balance, in my opinion, what I've learned is, is once again, to subjectively evaluate your child. Um, and and uh, one of my favorite uh, statements is defining reality. I read a book once, I, I don't remember who said this, but the number one job of a leader is to define reality. And mom, you're a leader. Dad, you're a leader. Um, coaches at, at every level, whether you're an assistant coach or not, you're a leader. So you constantly have to define reality for every student, athlete, or or athlete in your um, on your team, or or child in your family. And decide what is reality? Like, is it reality? And is it, is it really what you want them to do is to study three, four, five hours a night and be stressed out? The level of stress, I don't need to say this. I, um, I'm not measuring this, um, but I read it is at an all time high in our country. Suicide levels are at an all time high. 
Is that because we're pursuing so much excellence um, towards perfection and we and we're not defining reality for our students? You know, I played in the NFL, but my children weren't necessarily going to want to pursue being in the NFL. And that's kind of reality for me. And I have to define that reality and have that balance in our life and, and then offer the encouragement in whatever pursuit they decide or that you uh, jointly decide is something that, man, I could really pursue in this. And then, man, just offer encouragement constantly and all the time. And, uh, you know, for our team, um, we have an, we have another kind of acronym. We have three E's anyways. It's, you know, come enthusiastic and be encouraging. And I really like to preach the whole idea of like, we have to encourage these guys nine times for every time we say something that might be discouraging, that we're going to fail and discourage them. So make sure you're constantly encouraging them. Well, thank you again, Coach Harding, for sharing your experience and your insight. Parents, thanks for listening in. Make sure to check out this episode's notes for related resources. A new episode of the Navigating Your Child's Education podcast is published on the first and third Wednesday of each month. Make sure to like and subscribe and the latest episode will automatically appear in your preferred podcast library.